This episode is sponsored by kbdigitalmarketinggroup.com. Attention entrepreneurs! Are you looking for a professional video ad? We can help. We create stunning digital media at affordable pricing that can take your brand to the next level while keeping your customers engaged with scroll-stopping visuals. More views, more revenue, more success. Email us at contact at kbdigitalmarketinggroup.com. Hi, my name is Anna. You have found your way to the Paranormal Avenue. If at any time you find yourself a little scared, just remember I will be here to hold your hand in the dark. If you have a tale of the paranormal, do share, and maybe you'll find that you yourself belong here in our neighborhood. Submit your story at paranormalavenuepodcast at gmail.com. Now, let us begin. The Fisherman and Mermaid of Moa Did you know that the original Starbucks logo is based on a two-tailed mermaid? It's not surprising that the fascination with these creatures of legends go back thousands of years. The local fisherman in this tale saw a mermaid while out fishing one day close to the base of the cliffs of Moor, and was overtaken by her beauty. The man lured the mermaid in closer and convinced her to talk to him upon the rocks. While she was sitting by the rocks, he gained her trust and learned of her magic cloak. This garment allowed the mermaid to transform into a human woman when she desired. When the opportunity presented itself, the man quickly seized her magical cloak and fled further inland, where he then went back to his house and buried it. The mermaid had to follow him home since she needed her magical cloak to return to the sea. The fisherman told the mermaid that if she would marry him, he would one day return the cloak to her. The mermaid agreed to marry him under these conditions, and over the years, they had a beautiful son and a daughter. Despite keeping her word, the fisherman never gave the cloak back. One day while the husband was at sea, the mermaid frantically searched for her magical cloak. She was eventually able to find it. She took the cloak and ran away, returning to her home in the sea. She never saw her husband or kids again. Legend says that if you jump from the cliff to the raging ocean during a full moon, you too will become a mermaid. However, I don't recommend it.
This episode is brought to you by Bond Photography. Two photographers, two hours, $300. Weddings, birthdays, and special events. Let us photograph your special moments. Serving the community for over 20 years. That's Bond Photography. Email us today at bondphotography at gmail.com. Goblin-like creatures of Asheville. I am a 71-year-old retired school teacher. Even though I am getting up there in age, I still love a good camping trip, with or without my dogs. This trip was supposed to be a long weekend getaway, so I opted to leave the pups home. I drove up to Asheville from inside the perimeter of Atlanta headed to my friend's cabin on the French Broad River. The property was secluded and covered with trees. Not really a cabin, but an actual run-down little trailer. All of my activities would be outside and the trailer was mainly a place to lay my head at night, away from critters and such. I finally found the old trailer which had an electric hookup. It was at the end of a long dirt road leading to the river and had three other trailers at the end of a cul-de-sac. In daylight the setting was quite beautiful and serene. I retrieved the hidden key and I went inside. It looked like it had not been used, except by rodents, for a very long time. I was happy that I had my small revolver with me but was thought of as a last resort. After a long cleaning I finally threw my blanket on the small bed under the window, wadded up one of my extra layers for a pillow, and curled up. About 15 minutes into my uncomfortable sleep I heard something outside that sounded somewhat like kids talking. However, the chatter seemed strangely weird. I got up and looked out the window not seeing anything or anyone. Again, I hear more noise. I made my way to the front door to take a peek out of the small window. I looked into the darkness expecting to see the inside lights of a camper or car nearby, but nothing. It was late and other than me, eerily empty. Now a bit louder, I hear talking and giggling like a drunk group of teenagers looking to do mischief. I grabbed my little pistol off the table and slipped it into my pocket. I still could not see, but my eyes were starting to adjust. I debated whether to step outside the camper. I hesitantly opened the door and headed down the small set of stairs. I looked across the yard to the tree lines.
There, I see what I thought were several sets of dog eyes. With a sigh of relief, I smiled and returned inside. I climbed back into bed and wasn't there a solid few minutes when I heard and felt thumping beneath the floor of the trailer. I was so confused. I thought maybe these were a pack that had claimed the trailer for shelter. The commotion continued late into the early morning. By this time I was tired and angry. This was not my idea of a great weekend. Later that morning, I made the drive into town for supplies and mothballs. This was an old trapper's trick to deter unwanted animals. Spreading mothballs around the area will usually repel most animals. After placing the repellent, I expected no more problems. This was not the case. After another sleepless night, I woke with the intention of looking for a hotel and scrapping the stay. I opened the door to find most of the mothballs spread across the steps. After working my entire career in the inner city, I was prepared for most anything, so I thought. Against my better judgment, I called myself putting on my big girl panties and decided to stay. I simply did not want to say I was ran off by a pack of dogs. Later that evening, I posted up near the window. I wanted to see what I was dealing with and laid in waiting. I waited for almost an hour and just before sunset. About this time, I see the first set of eyes in the same place across the way near the tree line. This was no dog, at least none that I had ever seen. I pulled out my pistol and pointed it. I didn't want to fire unless I had to, trying to respect all life. That went out the window when I realized this thing stood upright on two legs. It was about two feet tall, hairless, and it had little trinkets that looked like matted hair and bones around its neck. Its legs were very defined but thin. Its face was that of an animal, but not of any I had ever seen. Its wrinkled forehead and twisted little face was best suited for nightmares. I was frozen in place. In my fear, I fired a shot that landed near the little goblin-like creature. It turned its head as if in contempt and looked at me. I tried not to show fear or run, but I bolted back inside. I locked the door, grabbed my phone, and called my friend. As I was trying to hold back my fear and explain to the voicemail, I heard scratching at the front door.
I made my way to the far right window and tried to see this thing. I saw not just one, but four. One on the porch and three more in the tree line. Now some would ask why I didn't unload my gun. Well, this was a twenty-two caliber gun with only five shots left. I wasn't sure it would even be effective at all, and these things were still outside for now. What would I have left if they found a way inside? No one was coming to help. I needed to help myself. Every horror movie that I had ever watched jumped into my head with different scenarios that did not end well. I needed to get out of there. I was fortunate that I had chosen to back the car and upon returning, but these things were right outside. I made my way back over to the far right window to see if I could steal a quick peek of the location of these little creatures. I moved my face closer to the glass, and as soon as I did, I locked eyes with the one little thing on the porch. I sat throughout the night with gun and keys in hand, waiting for daylight. When daylight finally came, and there was no trace of darkness, I jumped in my truck and made my way to the main road, where I met my friend coming to check on me. I did not return to the trailer with her. Later when we talked, I asked her if she had seen anything, and she said that there were dugout places, random small items, and strange tracks under the porch and back to the tree line. Later that month, she sold the trailer. I still camp, but when in the mountains of Asheville, you may want to grab a busy hotel. If you are enjoying this podcast, please let us know and tell a friend. Your support is greatly appreciated and makes it possible. If you would like to advertise with us and grow your business or spread your message, again you may reach out to us at paranormalavenuepodcast at gmail.com. Legend of Thirteen Curves New York is all too familiar with haunted locales, but further north over in central New York, you can find a stretch of road that's so chilling, indeed its name will haunt your dreams. Hiding within the city of Syracuse, you will find Cedarvale Road aka Thirteen Curves. Locals will be the first to tell you that the long-told story of 13 curves comes with several variations. Out of all the story's variations, the one most generally told goes a little like this. 
Roughly 60 years ago, a newlywed couple was driving down Cedarvale Road. The husband ended up losing control of the vehicle, causing it to go off the road, smashing into the creek. Some will tell you this story and say that both of the newlyweds were killed instantly, while others contend that the husband survived, but found his bridegroom on the side of the road dead. The road alone is a creepy drive to take, especially during the night when it's fully dark out. The stretch of Cedarvale Road features several curves during the short drive. The legend of 13 curves claims that the bloody bridegroom can be seen right around the sixth curve in the road, looking erratically for her spouse. Over the times, people have made colorful claims when it comes to seeing the bloody bridegroom. Some locals will tell you that the bridegroom has actually appeared inside of their car in an attempt to cause the driver to crash, while others claim the spirit can simply be seen wandering around the road in a woeful state. Another thing that makes this road so scary is the fact that occasionally there are real people hanging out here especially during the Halloween season. Occasionally you will see people dressed up in costumes hiding near the sixth curve in the road, waiting to scare you, dangerously putting their own lives at risk, as well as others. Some of the original neighbors have indeed played into the original legend by putting up shocking decorations that may aggravate the bloody bridegroom. Who knows what fate awaits you around the sixth curve of 13? Streetlights are now on, and it's time to say goodbye. The avenue is safe once again. <laughs>